You're listening to the Pastor to Pastor podcast brought to you by the 6-4 Fellowship, pastors committed to prayer and the ministry of the word. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how to establish healthy rhythms of rest without feeling guilty. Stay tuned for more. Welcome to the Pastor to Pastor podcast with Daniel Henderson. I'm your host, Robert Naughton. Today's question, Daniel, I know I need rest, but I feel guilty resting and I know there's work to do. How do I develop a healthy rhythm of rest in my work? I thought the question was fascinating, Robert. Feeling guilty when I rest. Um, That's honest. A lot of us feel that way. We just aren't willing to say it. And of course, we know that's dysfunctional, right? Uh, uh, God rested. I don't read that he felt guilty resting on the Sabbath. So uh, we always say guilt is the gift that keeps on giving. And so first of all, uh, confront the guilt and ask yourself, why am I feeling guilty about resting? And that's not coming from the Lord, obviously. Uh, That has to be coming from people. And it has to be coming from your own internal mechanisms of thought because uh, guilt is not of the Lord, specifically in connection with our need to rest. You know, it's been said that he who has too many irons in the fire winds up finding that none of them get hot. And I remember hearing once that he who burns the candle at both ends isn't as bright as he thinks he is. So really the issue here is overwork that basically eclipses a rhythm that's healthy and that for some reason causes us to not find real satisfaction in the God-given priority of rest. Uh, So I would just say this, there's always work to do. Uh, That's the bottom line. You're never going to get it all done. That's the nature of pastoral ministry because we work with people and the criteria is not always the bottom line of a budget or a project deadline. Uh, We're working with people and the work is never done. So you have to realize I I can't think of my job as something that's always going to get accomplished every week. You you have to live with that tension of an open-ended calling and work process. But I think the question is, am I doing the right things uh, in the time I have available? And am I willing to focus on those and let the rest of it uh, go by the side? We, we've we often used the illustration of the jars with the rocks and putting the big rocks in first and then putting the, the medium-sized rocks, then the little rocks, then the sand. And we know that's a great illustration of how we ought to be managing the rhythms of our life based upon some real clear biblical priorities. In our coaching, one of the first things we talk to pastors about is identifying their biblical priorities. And it may not be a surprise, most of these guys do not have written biblical priorities. And so no wonder they feel overworked. No wonder they feel guilty about resting because they're not even sure what they're supposed to do. And they're not even sure if they've done the best things. And so I would suggest to you, uh, priorities are vital. I think of the story of Martha and Mary. Obviously, Martha, we've often labeled her as a workaholic. The text doesn't say that explicitly, but she was a get-her-done kind of gal, and you could tell she was not only feeling guilty about the work not getting done, she was heaping guilt on Jesus and her sister Mary at the same time. And so we realize that there is a difference between those mindsets. Jesus, as you know, said to Mary, you've chosen the best thing, Mary, to sit at my feet, hear my word, and what you have done is not going to be taken away from you. So 
All that to say, we've got to decide what our commitments are going to be, which ones really count, which ones are eternally significant, and probably not a lot of the things that we fritter around with on a weekly basis. In my coaching, my writing, uh, in my life, I've often said it this way, the power of no is in a stronger yes. The ability to say no to lesser things is always rooted in knowing what your yeses are. The obvious example is Acts 6. Why did the apostles so convincingly and passionately say, no, we're not going to organize the widow feeding program? Well, because they knew what their yeses were. Their yeses were prayer, the ministry of the word, and then empowering others to lead. And so I think feeling guilty about resting is really the fruit of not knowing what you're supposed to be doing and uh, trying to please the wrong audience. It's been said, obviously, that you can't please everybody and you can't do everything. Uh, But somehow this feeling that I've got to please everyone, I've got to get it all done, can produce guilt that can be really diminishing to our sense of well-being. And so we have to get rid of that and realize that we need to play to an audience of one, that is the Lord, based upon priority that he has put in our hearts and in our lives based on the word of God. I remember hearing a a fellow leader say this way, protect the core before the more. In other words, you got to protect your core before you add more. And the problem is we keep adding more without knowing what our core should be. And when we look at our week uh, each each um, Lord's Day and we're looking ahead to what's coming, uh, I had another fellow who used to say it this way, is the juice worth the squeeze? We've got to decide, are, are some of these things worth what comes out of them in terms of the demands of people, the things on my schedule, etc.? All that comes down to priorities. Again, in my book, Old Paths, New Power, I have five priorities that literally kept me sane uh, as a pastor. I had them written. I shared them with my staff. I had them memorized. I shared them with my wife, my family, my board members even shared them with my church because again, the power of no isn't a stronger yes. And uh, you can find those in Old Paths, New Power. But I would just say this, to develop the ability to overcome guilt, you have to know what you're supposed to do. You have to feel convicted about giving your best efforts to those things and then be guilt-free about saying no to other things. I was with a pastor not long ago who went to a retreat center for a couple weeks. He was burnt out. And I remember what his counselor told him. I've never forgotten it. The counselor said, you know, the issue is not balance, it's rhythms. It's rhythms. And the question is, how do I establish my rhythms? Well, your rhythms are going to have to be established around your priorities. So as we end, let me just tell you what mine were and how this dictated the rhythms of my life that allowed me, uh, in most cases, to minister guilt-free. The first priority was to maintain an exemplary Christian life. And so the rhythms that went with that, obviously, were my walk with the Lord, my time with my family. Uh, It had to do with seasons of rest and solitude. Uh, It had to do, obviously, with financial rhythms, physical rhythms that were very important. If I'm not staying healthy, I'm not going to be good to anyone else. If my family's not strong, I'm not going to be able to help others keep their families strong. So uh, model or maintain an exemplary Christian life. The second one is to model a commitment to prayer. Obviously, prayer is not just some duty. It is the lifeline of our very sense of well-being and knowing that we are spending adequate time with the Lord and leading others to spend adequate time with the Lord obviously is very rewarding and personally transformational. So maintain an exemplary Christian life, model a commitment to prayer. Thirdly, master the study of the Word of God, Uh, the rhythm of setting aside time to be in the Word so that when you step into the pulpit on Sunday, people know you have have heard from God is so vital, so life-giving 
happening to us. Uh, again, I remember sitting with John MacArthur one day when I worked for him years ago, and he said to me, I don't enjoy preaching that much. And I almost passed out. I'm thinking, man, are you kidding? You're a machine. But what he did say was so insightful. He said, what I do enjoy is studying God's word, and preaching is just what I have to do to have the privilege of studying God's word. Now, he admitted that it is a blessed bondage, uh, but he basically said that rhythm was life-giving to him, and you know it is to you. So mastering the study of the word of God, the fourth one is to multiply leaders leaders in the church, the rhythm of not just trying to meet people's needs, but raising up a new generation of others who can meet people's needs is so life-giving. It was for me for decades. And then the last one is mobilizing the church toward God's mission. And that comes out of a rhythm, again, of prayer, of corporate prayer, of sensing what the Lord wants to do in the Acts 13 model of fasting and ministering to the Lord and finding that direction and leading your church in that direction. So, Uh, It's kind of a long answer to a a short but a very important question. Guilt is not from the Lord. If you're feeling guilty about rest, if something's wrong internally, you're trying to dance to too many tunes, you're trying to play to too many people. The key to that is to decide what am I supposed to do? I believe that comes down to knowing what your yeses are, being able to say no without guilt, protecting the core of who you are and what you're called to do before you add more on, and to realize that not every uh, squeeze uh, is going to produce juice. So you've got to make sure you're grasping the priorities that matter most. I believe that kind of a rhythm on a daily, weekly, monthly, year-by-year basis will allow you to find the rest of your soul that you need and indeed be able to serve the Lord without guilt, and in fact, better yet, with great joy. Well, thank you, Daniel, and thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe to receive these on iTunes or at our website, 64fellowship.com. There you can also explore many other great resources on how to excel in prayer and the ministry of God's Word. You can also find out about our pastoral coaching opportunities with Daniel Henderson. If you have a question you'd like us to address, please email that to us at info at 64fellowship.com. Once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.